Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Edelberg. And once again, welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 206. My road trip continues. I'm over halfway through entering the final lap, but let's reset the table a little bit for those of you that have been following along. The first week of my trip, as many of you know, I was at the Country Club of North Carolina for the U.S. Boys Junior. Congrats to Nick Dunlap for capturing the win in the final match against Cohen Trollio. Then it was on to the Western Amateur Championship at Glenview Club in Golf, Illinois. Michael Thorbjornsson won in dominant fashion. He was the medalist, he set a new course record by shooting 62 in the second round, and he won the match play portion. Michael has already been a guest on the back of the range, but he will be returning soon to recap that win and to speak about his upcoming fall season at Stanford. Before moving on to this week, I have to give another huge thanks to all of the great people at the Western Golf Association. The collaboration between the Western Golf Association and the Back of the Range was so much fun. Patrick Donahue, John Borneman, Steve Pirelletti, the entire WGA team, as well as everyone at Glenview, just made me feel so welcome. It was such an exciting week, and I can't wait to get back to provide more content for a future WGA championship. Now I'm currently on the third leg of the trip in Rye, New York for the U.S. Women's Amateur at Historic Westchester Country Club. The best amateurs in the world are teeing it up this week. Players like Rose Zhang, the number one ranked amateur in the world, Rachel Heck from Stanford, Rachel Keene from Wake Forest, and of course the U.S. four-ball champions that I saw at Merido, Savannah Barber and Alex Saldana. While these players will get a majority of the focus throughout the week, I thought it might be interesting to obtain some background on Westchester Country Club. A champion will be crowned this week, but she won't be the first woman to hoist the Robert Cox Trophy, which is actually the longest-serving original USGA Championship trophy. Edith Cummings picked up the win in 1923, so there is quite a legacy of championship golf here at Westchester. Who better to share some of these stories than my guest on this episode, Mary Ann Sullivan, the co-tournament chair of the U.S. Women's Am. Mary, along with her husband Jim, who is the president of WCC, are long-standing members of the club. They have a tremendous passion for the history of the game, as well as everything that WCC has to offer its members and the surrounding community. We spoke about her start in the game, her role as a tournament chair, and all of the great people here at Westchester that have made all of the players, parents, volunteers feel so welcome they've made me feel so welcome i get to stay on property this week which is incredible but let's get to this episode marianne thank you so much for having me here at westchester for the u.s women's am and thanks for being a guest on the back of the range thanks so much ben mary before we get into talking about uh, the u.s women's amateur and westchester country club you know it's a little bit of a rite of passage for every guest that comes on the back of the range we need a little bit of backstory. We need to learn about how you got into the game of golf. My mother was a golfer. My family were golfers. My mother happened to be a, 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 a terrific golfer. We were members of Leewood Golf Club down in East Chester, New York, for many years when I was growing up. And, and she was club champ there for probably about seven or eight years. Pretty sure it was in a row. Um, so she introduced me to the game, introduced me to my first 
sawed off seven iron um, and and taught me how to swing a club. And, and um, it was great to do as a, as a family with my parents, with my older sister, my, my brother. Um, and I luckily met a husband who also plays golf. So that was a good match. And so she taught me the game. She introduced me to the, 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 the fun that it was. She and I had so many good times on the course. She's no longer with us. But um, we in, enjoyed it, enjoyed it as a family, enjoyed playing with my, my parents and my, my sisters and brothers. And, and um, I picked a husband that liked golf, too. So that worked <laughs> out well. Okay. Uh, your husband, Jim, is the president of, uh, is the current president of Westchester Country Club. So that does seem like you found the right, uh, the right match there. So you're, you know, tournament chair of this amateur and your husband's the president so that has to be just a sure. yeah that sure has to be is. a perfect match sure sure and um it, it it's a place that we both um he, he was a member here before we were married and a place that we've grown to to love and and respect and um and really have uh, take great pride in in our membership here sure. and, and and in what the club is and and what it can become and all the history that that is that goes along with it so you're also quite the fixture in the community it's not just a member of a club but i know there are uh, several different um you know different maybe different businesses but you're very much a, a fixture in rye have you been here all your life is this where you grew up no. Um, what brought us here or what brought my husband here at first was was the, the restaurant business, which is okay. which is what what he's in, what, what we're in. Um, his first restaurant um, on his second restaurant venture would be the Rye Grill, a, a big uh, uh, visible uh, mainstay of, of Rye Town sure. uh, at, at the train station. It's um, his first in his second series, he owned seven restaurants and then whittled it down to six right now throughout Westchester County and okay. Fairfield County. So um, we've got a several here in town and then up, up north in Westchester and then down south to, to Yonkers and, and up in West, uh, Fairfield County as well. And that's a whirlwind business to be in, it isn't sure it? It sure is. You know, last year was a challenge sure. in and of itself. But um, it, it's it's something that he's known and uh, for many years. He owned his first restaurant at the age of, of 25. So um, it's something that's that's runs through his blood for wow. sure. Wow. Westchester Country Club, as soon as I stepped on property and I'm looking around, you know, I'm a native South Floridian, mm. so you just don't see properties and facilities like this for the most part anywhere, at least not that I've seen. Uh, obviously, you see the, the club that has tennis and has the, the pool and has social activities, but you don't see one with a historic hotel for lack of, I mean, it's, it's a hotel, it's a hotel on property. And there's so much history. Perhaps share with listeners the history of Westchester, starting with, uh, you know, John McKenzie Bowman. So we're just about to celebrate our, our hundred year anniversary. That would be next year, sure. um, 1923, 22. Correct. Uh, correct me. Thank you. Um, and um, thrilled to be doing that. Uh, so so he envisioned a uh, weekend uh, resort, I think, for for Manhattanites and and surround um, short relatively short commute or distance to come and spend a uh, weekend, own a residence, rent a residence, uh, stay in the hotel, um, and partake in all that the resort could offer. There were uh, 
rumors, I, I, I certainly just can only go by history, but that they would deliver food to the homes. Many of the older homes on the property sure. don't didn't have um, adequate kitchen sizes. So essentially, n- nobody was cooking while they were staying in homes on the property. Um, food was delivered from the club to the, them and lawns and and. Uh, gardens manicured by the club property. Uh, the beach club was was a great addition for families to to enjoy. And and um, we had a polo field here at one point. Our I think that's driving the driving range, r- right. Our driving range now. I think polo has fallen out of out of uh, favor or style in many communities. But sure. but our driving range did supplement what was once the the polo field. So an, an incredible. Uh, a story in and of itself, I yeah, think. Yeah, and, and you have two courses designed by mm-hmm. the great Walter Travis, two incredibly challenging championship golf courses. One of my treats for the entire week is actually getting to stay on property in one of these uh, incredible rooms. In fact, my view from my room looks right down on the putting green, which I, I'm not sure how that happened, but that's fantastic. <laughs> but I look at, uh, you know, I look out and it's not just hotel rooms, but it's also apartments. And it's very rare you see members living full-time Obviously, they live full time within golf course communities, but to live in in a single building, it's a fully functioning hotel with permanent residents. I mean, just incredibly unique experience that you know your membership has. Well, I think that um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that members love this place. Right. The members love the staff. The staff becomes family and. Um, it, it just becomes a place that, that you want to gravitate towards. Um, we look out for our, our members who are residents here. Um, I know that, that many of them will maintain a foot here as well as maybe in another like a, a warmer climate for winter. Sure. But, but some are just here full time as well. I don't know the exact number of, of rooms that we have or apartments that we have dwindling down on the hotel rooms because um, when something becomes available, at the member's expense, they're allowed to to uh, build out or renovate sure. and um, create a better apartment or an apartments with some most with spectacular views. P.S. Because you look over the Long Island Sound on one side of the building, you look over uh, uh, Manhattan and the airports and the bridges on on another side of the building, and some give you both views, sure. which is really incredible. I uh, I think I heard. Uh, I think I heard here that if a apartment becomes available, then members can try and purchase or or take ownership of it, and it's the first right of refusal goes to the person who's been a member here the longest. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, so what you're saying they is go, they go pretty quickly. Too. I could imagine yeah, that sure. there's yeah <laughs> get snapped up. That's so, incredible. Yeah, it's it's a great place to live. It's a great place to to. Um, Enjoy all the amenities, and and an elevator button push away is it gives you everything at your fingertips. That's incredible. Yeah, T- talk to me about the social aspect. You mentioned these these fantastic members that want to be here at all times. They love it so much. You've had some pretty notable members of Westchester Country Club. Just going down the list, and the list is 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 long, but the names that jump out at me are Johnny Carson and Jackie Gleason and Ed Sullivan. I know you know titans of industry and titans of the sports world. But all I'm thinking about immediately is what kind of social activities and what kind of fun has been had here over the years. Is there a special story or special memory that you have of just the social aspect of Westchester? Well, um, 
they do a great job. The staff here, uh, as I said, we, we, we're all sort of a, one big family, but they do a great job of, of, of putting together a calendar of events for every sure. season, um, which, which takes you, you know, from, from summer to fall through, through the winter months, celebrating the holidays. And then, um, so it, it, become something that that you you want to bring your families here to celebrate those special events um uh it's it's a great place it, it, we have a beach club as as you know sure. and and that it, during the summer months uh we have venues music venues that that bring people around there's a summer camp that that the children and families participate in that runs all summer long and culminates with probably the best and most historic thing that, that we can talk about is our big little show um, okay. where many of the children in, in camp and, and otherwise will practice all summer long to put on a musical production um, with for their parents and families. It's the biggest attended night that we have all summer. I don't know. Maybe there are hundreds of families that attend and we, we set up a stage and the, the kids are all costumed and and they look forward to that. The, the most special uh, part of that evening is something called the daddy-daughter dance sure. where fathers will dance with their seven-year-old uh, daughters as, as a second number and what a rite of passage that that is and um, how seriously the, the fathers and daughters take it um it's terrific and and i've known members who at their weddings will show the video of them and their dads and their friends who are in their bridal party dancing uh to that that uh, special night and it just is a memory that that people take and and cherish forever it's real special it's real special you're talking about children and you know we have the u.s women's amateur here this week and I'm seeing a lot of kids out in the gallery watching these really the best amateurs in the world. And it's funny, in some cases, the age difference between the kids in the gallery (laughs) and the kids in the golf course, it's not that big of a gap. It's maybe a couple of years here and there. Um, You know, these kids want to be on that stage at some point. They want to be playing, uh, you know, championship golf. What's the junior golf initiative program here at Westchester? How is, uh, you know, Ben Hoffline, the director of golf, how is he and his team uh, kind of furthering the advancement of the game for the kids here so that they can explore whether it's playing for their high school team, playing in a junior golf league, or, or maybe someday collegially. What's the maybe the vibe here as far as junior golf goes? So we've got a terrific junior program, as, as you, you just alluded to. Um, thanks to Ben and thanks to the, 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 the great uh, teaching staff that, that he's cultivated and, and uh, uh brought up, um, the, the program is growing and it continues to grow. There's, uh, an academy that they call the Harry Cooper Academy, which is, is terrific. That, that really teaches them how to, um, not just about golf, but maybe about nutrition and, and about the, the other things that are important. Sure. So that's for a certain level and age of golfer. Um, we have clinics for beginning from, from the very early age. And the real, uh, great thing that, that impresses me is that they've seen the, the junior women or the junior girls, uh, really come out and, and start to, to grow. We're about, that's about a third of, of the, the program oh, right great. now are, are junior girls. We have uh, club championships and a lot of uh, different uh, events that, that they can compete in, but uh, our, our junior girls club championship and our junior boys club championship are, are terrific events too, and they, they coincide then lead right into our regular club championships. So 
it's it's they're learning to compete and and they're learning the game at, at in in a great environment. Now we're going to talk about your game. You're a single digit handicapper, so I'm I'm glad I don't have my clubs with me this week. So that's that's all I have to say about that. But have you gone out and played with some of these kids here at Westchester? I well, in fact, I, mean, I know you see the program, but mm-hmm. firsthand. Give me an idea about what you've seen from some of these uh, players. So the, the the fortunate or unfortunate thing is that we have some real superstar uh, <laughs> junior now now moving on into college and sure. and so they have, have taken over the ranks and the reins of our, our championships and and um, rightfully so sure. they are the better players and and to play with them um, is humbling. Okay. Um, as as it would be to play with any of these champions or, or players here today at, at, at the Women's Am, um, the game that they play is nothing like the game that I play. I can move it around and, and luckily got myself to a single digit this year um, with a little hard work and a, a lot of instruction from my, my dear friend Ben Hoffine. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's humbling to play with them and, and the incredible level of, of play that they exhibit. I can move it around. That's a that's a phrase you hear from someone that's trying to sucker you in for a bet or something like that. So I'm just going to keep my distance. As I said, I don't have my sticks. I don't want any part of that. So this week, obviously, the the club stay in the bag. You have a much larger role this week as, and not just this week. I'm sure the lead up has been uh, tremendous. But you're the co-tournament chair. Uh, of the U.S. Women's Amateur here at Westchester, and uh, your first go-around being a tournament chair. You were the tournament chair for the KPMG Women's PGA in 2015. So you know firsthand what it takes to, and all the things that will come your way throughout the week, any you know p- potential fires that need to get put out, mm-hmm. so to speak, questions from parents, players, uh, USGA officials, everyone involved. What led you into being the tournament chair in 2015? Have you ever done anything like that before? So the answer is no, but okay. I would, would like to uh, clarify, quantify that the fact that I do have a co-chair. Yes. And uh, a very dear friend, Peter Knobloch, who I did not know uh, until we were handed the 2015 KPMG uh, uh, Women's PGA, and uh, we got to know each other very quickly and co-chaired that event very successfully, I think. Uh, it was a um, a great uh, experience. So it, it, I, I don't know if you knew anything about the history of that tournament in and of itself. It came together as a collaboration between KPMG, NBC, PGA, and LPGA, um, uh, and and decided to put it on rather quickly. And when they asked us at Westchester, we just happened to be open for for business and and looked forward to to doing it. But it was a quick turnaround. We did about. Eight months worth of preparation here. PGA came quickly on site, PGA of America, and led us through uh, uh, what needed to be done. That, um, and Peter and I, uh, very humbly, uh, did as they asked and, and sure. coordinated over 1,000, 1,200 volunteers and did our best to, to do that in, in a quick manner and, and get many of the members, uh, key members involved as division chairs and committee chairs. And it was a terrific experience all around. A great amount of work, but uh, I think that that's what sort of teed us up. We actually, he and I also then went on to another venture, Beth Page, uh, uh, what was it, PGA Championship, again, co-chaired a, a, a division out there for that back two more, I think it was 2019. 
And then uh, this had, had uh, USGA had approached us, or we had approached USGA back in 2017, 18, and we were asked to, to co-chair again. So we've been a, a duo that we, we may end up breaking up after this. So <laughs> maybe August Peter, 10th, sorry, the first August time you're hearing 10th, this. We may end up as, as, as a separate couple, but or a separated couple. But uh, yeah, so we've worked on several already, and, and this somewhat came easily, but, but not without its challenges, for sure. What are some of the things you probably picked up along the way, whether it's at Bethpage or, mm-hmm. or, or with, KP, with the KPMG, KPMG here, that maybe let this week and the journey to this week be a little bit easier on you and, and Peter? So I would say right off the bat, it's it's finding key uh, uh Committee chairs, members. In our case, we, we'd like to keep it all in house. Sure. Uh, people that are willing and able and want to, to be part of it, and and they will will be dedicated to, to seeing their their jobs, their committees, their divisions through. What are so not to cut you off, but what are some mm-hmm. of the committees? Because you know people hear about that all the time. At, at where this you know volunteers and this and, that, and all these different committees and and people that are helping out. What are maybe some of the different divisions that? maybe I'm not thinking of, listeners may not be thinking of, that that actually allows something like this to take place? So you would have uh, player services. Okay. You would have uh, spectator services. You would have uh, on-course prep and, and uh, whatever is necessary for on-course, whether that's ropes or, or sure. coolers that needed to be prepared. There's a practice area. There's volunteer coordination, there's training, there are walking scorers, there are um, uh, marshals on course, uh, locker room, player locker room sure. needs to be attended to and, and guests need to be welcomed. And, and so there's, it, it, quite, it varies, it, it varies on, on all fronts, um, but, but there's plenty, in, in if you're, even if you're not a golfer, there's a, a, a plenty of ways to, to get involved and, and do things that, that are not golf-related because it's all necessary. Sure, and with this year's championship being on Golf Channel, mm-hmm. now we have a whole other piece in place because sure. now it's not just welcoming players and USGA staff, but also Golf Channel staff. Correct, correct. So that's a big job. <laughs> but many people help along the way, so I would I would certainly not take credit for for any or all of it. Any one piece of it is is sure. done because we're all one team, and and we've got a lot of dedicated dedicated members um, that have helped along the way. So, what brings you the greatest joy about being the, a co tournament chair? I mean, obviously you're going to see the the champion lift a trophy at your club, and you'll have that memory forever. But maybe what are some of the other small little things yeah. that stick out? comes to mind all the time that that the people that help the people that that volunteer are the backbones of, of these championships and and you know the relationships are are, are uh, strengthened and and created through it I, I think that you see someone's true colors when they're put under a little pressure um, and and I'd like to consider most of them my friends many of them all of them my friends and um, that they come together as as members because we love this club because we are proud of what we have here at Westchester sure. and so that's what what number one is inspiring um, the second thing I think that is also inspiring or, or you know what, what comes to mind is is on um, the staff here at Westchester many many have been doing uh, a double and triple work this week and sure. leading into this week and and um it warms my heart they are as i said before a part of our family um i 
had the, the experience the other day on, on, I believe it was Saturday morning at, at 6.30 a.m. I saw one of the uh, uh, catering staff was, was attending to things at volunteer headquarters at 7.30 at night on Saturday. He was serving my dinner. So it, it just brought tears to my eyes that everybody really is dedicated to this club and to this championship. Wow. And, and yeah, we, uh, we're fortunate. That's incredible. The, um, this year's, uh, you know, U.S. Women's is, is not the first. It's the second U.S. Women's Amateur to be held at Westchester. Uh, we have to go back to 1923. Uh, Edith Cummings won the championship that year. And there are certain players that will win tournaments and their names on the trophy or their names up on the board. And, you know, as time passes, maybe they become forgotten or they're just not notable characters other than winning that championship. That is not the case with Edith Cummings. Uh, First amateur, I believe, first amateur golfer, first female athlete to be on the cover of Time Magazine after her win in 1923. She's part of the rich history of Westchester as well, isn't she? She sure is. Um, and and we commemorate, have commemorated that by this beautiful picture that we have hanging in, in one of our uh, dining rooms, the Travis room. Um, and um, I never stopped. I, I always stop, excuse me, sure. when, when I pass that and... and uh, know that this is what is what it was all about is is honoring her history honoring our history um and uh you know hopefully we'll have another picture beside it very soon um with another bit of history sure. going forward definitely before we start talking about this year's u.s women's amateur i know that there are a lot of tournaments that are played uh, on property uh through the club through ladies golf association here or, or and, and i know it's a ladies 18 there's ladies nine there's this Red Barn tournament on playing of the South Course, uh, you have a really rich competitive history here at the club. Now you're playing in these tournaments. I'm assuming along with many of your friends, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm guessing it gets quite competitive. All obviously in good fun, but it gets competitive. Yeah, sure. And and I think that we all enjoy that that uh, little level of of I can I can try and beat my friend. Sure. You know today and and I may get her. You know, um, I'll. I'll tell you that we do have a, a strong uh, group of, of women that that like to compete and we all participate in something called the WMGA They're the Met matches the team matches sure. which are, are early season events they they start in the end of April and go right through uh, the first or second week in May uh, we field three teams now um, at where years ago it was you could barely get enough players to field one team we go out and compete against other uh uh, clubs in the area at, at different venues at different clubs uh, for title uh, representation for that year. Sure. And uh, as Westchester stands, we have now held the first series title for, I believe, three years in a row. Congrats. Um, our, our team is strong and, and you know, uh, buoyed by some of these young players now, which is terrific. They they um, have have led us to to uh, victory several years in a row, which is great. It's it's a real nice competitive league that we're involved in. And then, just within ourselves, whether it's a a weekly, uh, you know, game. Maybe there's a couple of dollars that we'll maybe, play for. Maybe um, this is an amateur you know. golf podcast. I mean, but but that's okay. So but we yeah. have a lot of fun. Um, you know, a, a couple of skins here and there, and then a few drinks after. And love and, it. Yeah, we we enjoy each other's company and enjoy uh, you know egging each other on and 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 really trying to get the best out of each other. 
On a previous episode of The Back of the Range, a very good friend of mine who I played college golf with, Willie Spicer, he's up in this area. He lives in uh, in Wayne, New Jersey, so he's up in the Northeast. And he uh, he detailed the specifics to how to make a proper transfusion. <laughs> got it down here very okay so i'm not i'm just gonna see what your response to that question is because he was very specific on how to make a proper transfusion is that the drink of choice here at westchester well you could say that or a south side south side might be also a secondary okay or a planter's punch if you're at the beach okay talk to me about a south side i know what a trend obviously i know the ingredients of transfusion but talk to me about a south side what is a south side so there's lemon there's mint, and then I think it's the alcohol of your choice: gin, okay. vodka, bourbon. Okay, yeah. So the tequila. Tr- you there you go. <laughs> the 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 transfusion that I hear the, the, that's vital is it has to be Welch's grape juice. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. So- <laughs> Parts uh, that could be up up to the the uh, the drinker, but I think it's like three three parts vodka. And right. Then- the rest is a little soda yeah, I and just, a floater. Right, but I just I just heard that it's vital that it's Welch's Got grape. Got it. Yeah, okay. Just want to make sure that I'm hearing. You, you've heard it correctly. I've heard it correctly. Okay, Willie Spicer is listening and he'll be happy to hear that. Um, well, moving to this year's U.S. Women's Amateur. Before we talk about that, this is not the first major tournament that, that Westchester has held. Obviously, we talked about the 1923 Women's Am, but you've held a PGA Tour event here, the Westchester Classic basically from the mid-60s to the mid-2000s. There's maybe a year or two in there where the, the Classic wasn't held. But the finest players in the world have competed here and have won championships here. And we can go down the list for, for you know Palmer and, and Nicholas and, and uh, Sergio Garcia. The, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, what kind of a social and maybe cultural aspect did that have for this club every year? As you told me earlier, it wasn't the the Westchester classic. It wasn't the Buick. It was, it was the classic. The classic, the classic would, would in, in some respects tee up the season, the golf season. It was a June event. Um, I know it was, it was always the week before the U S open. So, so players would, would want to come to prepare for whatever the, the open venue was going to be. So we'd always get a good draw of, of real great names, uh, uh, that would come through to, to be warmed up enough for the U.S. Open. But the Classic was to members and, and to the community uh, a social event as well. Um, we would have no problems uh, tapping into the local hospital uh uh, United Hospital over here in Port Chester to get a contingent of volunteers and and they would also reciprocate uh, uh, through the charity the charitable aspect of the tour um, but it, it parties surrounded it was a kickoff party a cocktail party a fundraising something and and they were the highlight <laughs> of, of the, the summer social season if you will that's uh, that, and there was also golf played. It wasn't just parties. Yeah. <laughs> just so happened, oh right? Oh my gosh! But everybody came out. Um, and and early morning, kids would come up here before school to get the autographs, to line up and 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 clamor for somebody, and, sure. and, and even Tiger at at, at the later days. But um, get some autographs, go off to school, and then come back and and ride their bikes up here and and uh, be part of it. It was really a, a community. Uh, the, the the town thrived. Uh, the, the players came um, and, and dined in the restaurants in right. town and, and the, the media came and, and planted themselves here for several weeks. It was uh, a real thrill and a real energizing experience. Probably way too many 
tournaments to choose from, but can you think of one that was your favorite just as a member of Westchester to be here, just the entire aspect of, um, you know, not just the golf you were able to see on the golf course, but, uh, you know, the, the different um, parties and just all the, the, can you think of one year that really stands out? Probably, probably could think of many, but I mean, right. Can sure. I put it? It was somewhere in the, in the, uh, the, the 90s. I was newly married and, and, you know, newly experiencing um, as, as a member of, sure. of this country club, all those things. And, um, uh, my husband being in, in the restaurant business, as I said, had a lot of, uh, uh, you know, asks to parties. We got a lot of invites to parties up on the water in Greenwich and, and, um, it, it just, I, I couldn't quite pinpoint the date but i know it was in the 90s and and what a, a great entree into the the what was going to become sure. the rest of of my life and it's it's a wonderful experience it was a wonderful experience then that's uh i can only imagine what one of those parties must yeah. have been like <laughs> um this year's u.s women's amateur the best amateurs in the world are here as i stated earlier you're a you know single digit handicapper you know this course very well uh, you know, maybe they're playing from different tees than you, maybe not. Um, but they are learning, have to learn very quickly how to navigate around this golf course. Uh, maybe they, you know, some arrived on Friday, Saturday, had the benefit of a couple different, you know, a couple practice rounds. Some didn't. Some may only had one trip around the park to kind of figure out, how, okay, how am I going to get myself into match play? What are maybe some of the things about this golf course that if a player came up to you and said, how do I, how do I, how do I get around this course? How do I get around Westchester? What are some of the things that, that you would say to some of these players through your own experience, how to su- successfully play this golf course? Sure. I, I would say, don't fight it. You know, okay. I, I would certainly, it, it, when, when it's not, it, it, the shot isn't there. Don't try to force it. Um, okay. You know, the rough it, it is brutal. I think um, I, I certainly going back to what you just said, I certainly don't play from the tees that they would play from. I'll, I'll play way forward, but um, I just don't have the length. Um, but, um, you know, around the green is key. And, and I know that, that keeping it below the hole is key. Sure. So um, you've got to have those shots, those those uh, chips that'll that'll run and then spin, I think. And and um, long carries for sure for for uh, over the water on on what is there eight i I believe they they flipped the nines i I know you know that right no i know that too and i'm glad you brought that up because i was going to bring that up too i'll let you finish i I speak two different languages when i go there of course Uh because it's it's sort of left brain right brain i think but um so long carries over the water they 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 they, they, i've seen beautiful drives on 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 the eighth hole um and then second that land on the green which is terrific um i've also seen some some the wind was tough yesterday by the way uh so i think that really affected what they were expecting and what what the results were on on some of the approaches and and things so um but i would say it you know if you can keep it out of the rough keep it out of the rough and and if you're in the rough give it up to to what it is don't fight that and and try to think that you're gonna uh grab a fairway wood or something I, i i think take your medicine and 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 just get out and move on sure you mentioned flipping the nine so for the members you start on the 
we start on the tenth hole. This is the, the, so it, it be, yeah, it becomes a little a little challenging for non-members. It's nothing because you're just looking at the, at the course as it's presented. For for the players, it's nothing, but for us talking, you know, if we need a, a walking scorer out or a marshal on or a tee, tee box uh, 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 filled up again, uh, we're all the radios right, are are right. going nuts, and it's like R9, they're 14 or something like that, and and so it it just it's two different things. So we should just speak one language, and and we haven't <laughs> we haven't all agreed to do that so it's been a little a little challenging and and for the players so they are starting their first hole is the Our members 10th and it's a par three mm-hmm. so incredibly unique experience i i can't remember ever playing a golf course i've been playing for gosh 30 some odd years i can't remember playing a golf course where we let off with a par three mm-hmm. much less starting off a par three in a national championship and that hole is yesterday I was out there. It's basically 170 slide up the hill into the, into the breeze. I'm seeing players hit hybrid. Mm-hmm. Would you want to start a national championship on a par three? No, no, I'm with you. Okay. And I, I wouldn't, I, I'd always a par five if, 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 it's, yeah. if it's my choice, but yeah, you know, when, when, um, uh, we present the idea. I think it just sets up nicer for the finishing holes sure. or, or so, so you have to give up that one, one hole, but it's a, a great challenge to start on and, and can't be long because you're over the back and it's rolling away um, and, and surrounded by bunkers on 10 there. So it is a bit of a, a, a challenging it's, start. It's so unique. maybe you get a little bit of, of that out of the way and, right. and you move on to, whew, I conquered that and on to the next. Well, right? and it and also it, it was interesting, you know, watching some of the players tee off. If they hit the green, it's an immediate sense of kind of achievement mm-hmm. and celebration as opposed to just, okay, you know, nice ball in the fairway. Nice. Yep. You know, that that's, doesn't yep. give a huge reward. But yeah, there the, is pressure, I guess. It's, well, there's pressure, but also that, that sense of uh, achievement you can get right off the bat. We spoke previously about the junior golf initiative here at Westchester Country Club, how you're getting kids into the game early and keeping it fun and competitive. Yesterday, I'm walking between a couple tee boxes and greens. I look over, I'm like, oh, there's a green. Maybe that's just for maintenance or maybe that's something where they're testing. And then I'm like, wait a minute, there's a cup in there. And then I look in the distance, There's a, they got a short course here. Okay, so how much fun is that short course and, and who plays it? So, uh, if you're smart, you play it okay. because it, it, it just it, it improves your game all around, right? It's we call it the par three, by the way. Okay. Um, and um, it's it's used by everybody. The, the the junior players will use it mostly during the day. They they have a, a junior tournaments on that par three tournaments. Um, it's used uh, by, as I said, the smarter players. This, because you're you're really a proponent your, of that. Work on your short game skills, carrying just a couple of clubs in your hand, right. um, as well as then in, intro for, for any level player to just get out there and start the game. Um, I, I've seen uh, women's groups go out and, and, and start to learn themselves maybe a little bit later in life, um, realizing the rest of their family is, is out there having fun and they've got to catch up. But um, um, it's utilized by everybody and, and it's a great uh, f- venue for practice. It's a great venue to, to challenge for, for the younger set and, and to learn the game. Best score on the par three course. Mm-hmm probably something like a 39 39 okay. or 40 
I didn't ask you. Do you have a hole in one? On your, oh, on your, do you have a hole in one? As a matter of fact, I have a good story. So I do have two hole in ones. Okay. Two hole in ones, and I say I have two and a half hole in ones because okay. you know how those things I, go. I know. So um, none of them were were because of skill, but all of them because of luck, kind of thing. Um, because they spanned my whole golf career. As a, as a nine holer, I had uh, uh, standing on our par, uh, our, our fourth hole par three. On the south course, I blew my first one out of bounds, and my second one went straight into the cup. So uh-huh. that's my half. Oh, that's your half. Okay. The The second one was on, again, the south course, hole number eight. Um, it was a quiet, quiet Saturday afternoon in July. I don't think there were 10 people around. Uh, my husband was was not even happy to be playing with me because I probably had eight, nine, six, four one and he said that's it we can go in i said no 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 we got to finish this the has round to be now. official got, got, this has to be official so he he probably will never let me forget that nobody was in the clubhouse when i came in to celebrate there was cheap. not a drink bought cheap exactly and then um last one was actually last year during covid which was a lot of fun i was with four of my really or three of my really good friends and we were just out um having a good time and and uh on the 16th hole south course again uh, it's a longer one. That's about 155 yards, and and I hit a nice shot, and it curled up and over a hill and into the cup, and we were celebrating. That That's was the time awesome. I called. I called the kids. I called everybody over, and and still had a great a great time, great experience. That's, Each and every one unique. That's yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, so good. That South Course has treated you well. Yes, my favorite. Perfect. My favorite. The West Course is the challenge for sure, and I do play it just to to test myself. But but I more often am on the South Course. That's great. That's great, Marianne. This I really this is a, a treat. I really appreciate. Uh, first of all, all the hospitality that that you and the entire team here at Westchester has shown me. I'm thrilled to be here for this entire week. I really appreciate you walking me through a little bit of the history, your history, the history of the club, and and how special it is to have a U.S. Women's Amateur uh, at Westchester. So. Appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Hope we can do it again soon and uh, enjoy the week. Thanks so much, Ben. Great to meet you. And there you have it. Special thanks to Mary Ann Sullivan for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Thank you so much to the USGA and everyone here at Westchester for making me feel so welcome for the U.S. Women's Amateur. Next week, it's the U.S. Am at Oakmont. So make sure you're following along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll see you next time here at the back of the range.